Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim, wa baraka nabiyyina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in, Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altam sahla, wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'la sahla, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa sna'i ibadatika, Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay guys, so we're going to go straight into uh, this week's lesson, because we are um, still on the... A previous part that uh, was last two weeks ago now. Um, so we finished off the issue of the uh, time and when the prayer is considered to have been caught technically, when it's uh, considered to have been achieved, and if it's not within its time, then how does it convert automatically to something lesser than that? So we spoke about that in detail late uh, 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 two weeks ago. Now, I want to complete the following text, and that is this. In the Arabic, it's, at, it's in the middle of the second paragraph. وَإِنْ أَدْرَكَ مُكَلَّفٌ مِنْ وَقْتِهَا قَدْرَ تَحْرِيمًا ثُمَّ زَالَ تَكْلِفُهُ أَوْ حَاضَتْ ثُمَّ كُلِّفْ وَطَّهُرَتْ قَضَوْهَا وَمَنْ صَارَ أَهْلًا لِوُجُوبِهَا قَبْلَ خُرُوجِ وَقْتِهَا لَزِمَتْهُ وَمَا يُجْمَعُ إِلَيْهَا قَبْلَهَا And maybe we'll also come to وَيَجِبُ فَوْرًا قَضَاءُ الْفَوَائِتِ مُرَتِّبًا Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably going to be into next week. So, um, today, inshallah, we're going to be covering the text of Imam Al-Hajjah where he said that prayers are to be made up when, number one, someone legally responsible reaches an amount of the prayer's time equal to the amount of the opening takbir while his legal responsibility has then ended and his legal responsibility has then returned. Or, number two, menstruation begins and there is then purity. One is required to perform the prayer and any prayer that was joined before to it if the prayer becomes obligatory upon him before its time ends. Okay, so that's the text. And... The word he, obviously menstruation, obviously referred to female only. In number one, it would suggest, because I've used the word he, that somehow that's something specific to the male and number two is specific to the female. That's not the case, okay? Let me just make that very clear. That scenario number one could be while her legal responsibility has then ended and her legal responsibility has then returned or then in the specific case, number two is menstruation, okay? Um, and likewise, one is required to perform the prayer and any prayer that was joined before to it if the prayer becomes obligatory upon her before its time ends. Yani, all of that text applies to a male and female. Obviously, menstruation only refers to the female. Now, it's very legal speak that, okay? So let me break it down and make it nice and easy, inshallah, because it is actually quite simple. So the first thing is about the statement where in adraka mukallafun. Okay, mukallaf we spoke about I think a couple of times in this class, all right, that's called the concept of taklif, right? And the mukallaf, mukallaf, is the one who is burdened. We said taklif is burdened, right? When you say don't do taklif, it means that you, you know, don't go into a hassle. Why is a person taklif? Because to have to fulfill the acts of worship on time in a certain way is like a form of taklif, it's like a form of burden, okay? It's the deal that we basically agree to, to get through this life and earn jannah. That's the deal that it is. So it's a form of Taklif. And what's the definition of taklif? Um, Sheikh explains on 128 of the second volume of Ashar al-Mumti'. He says, 
the one who is mature, gone through bulugh, okay, and is aqil, meaning sane, okay, meaning that they are aware of their own statements, okay. Um, and if they, if they catch the, the amount uh, of, um, of time of the opening takbir, okay, then that is, a, yani this opening takbir time, as we've covered now for the last few weeks, that's according to the Hamli Madhab alone. Which other, which other madhab as well? Which other madhab that considers this issue of the prayer, if you catch just the takbir of the prayer that is sufficient or that's amount? The Hanafi madhab, correct, okay? So these are the two schools that consider that the issue is about the uh, takbir only. As for the other two uh, schools and the class position, then it is the rak'ah, as we said. A person has to catch the full rak'ah to have considered to have caught the time. So this statement is now continuing on based upon the fact that the Hanbalis consider it to only be a takbirah. For us, we will continue this point, but consider that it needs to be a full rak'ah. Is that clear? Okay, a full rak'ah. Now, So their legal responsibility goes. So the easiest simple case here is a person who loses their... Either they, they become unconscious, okay, or they lose their sanity, so they literally become mentally insane for a period of time, okay, and then, uh, so these are the, the, the only really two scenarios, either a person faints or goes into a coma or they lose their sanity, okay. In all of three of these cases, although, even though they're all three very medically different, the common thread is, is that they have no longer any kind of connection or control to their sanity, so at that moment, they've lost, they have not become mukallaf. They're, they're, they're not mukallaf anymore. They've lost the taklif of ibadah. They do not get judged for what happens at this time. Okay, and this is obviously, we're going to come to it in this right time. When people do things in this state, they're not held accountable. But many things can happen. People do things, for example, in their sleep and so on legally. They're not held accountable, etc., etc. It's a massive chapter, okay? The most important one for us right at the moment is the issue of the prayer. When a person is obviously yani, knocked out, the prayer, as we're going to come to, is that obligatory upon such a person? And at this starting point, we can see it isn't. At this starting point, okay? Oh, for the woman case, in the Arabic, it's not been nicely divided into one or two. Okay, I divided it into one or two, one and two, because of the, to make the English clearer. In the Arabic, it's just a continuous sentence. So the person just says that a person loses legal responsibility, meaning, i.e., they become insane, or the woman, she goes into menstruation. So she's also lost legal responsibility in a way, right? Because she has to fulfill the conditions of purity to pray. If she is not pure, she can't pray. So she's almost lost a specific legal responsibility. Whereas the one who has become majnoon, okay, they've lost the uh, general responsibility. Then suddenly she now gets purified. And the guy, he, uh, or the guy or girl, they become, they come back into sanity. Now, what happens? Okay, this is what the, the this is what the question uh, uh, is. So, uh, um, let's let's t- take the example of the menstruating woman. Okay, so at the bottom of page one hundred and twenty nine, Sheikh says that if there's a woman um, and Maghrib has occurred, the sun has set, and ju- and there's a woman and she's pure, normal, everything, and the sun has set. And just a few seconds go by after the sun has set, Maghrib is proper in, enough time for the Hanbalis, for the Takbiratul Ihram to have been set. So just a few seconds, okay? 
For us, it would need to be like a full one or two minutes because of the length of time of rakah. And then she suddenly starts to menstruate. So now we know that she does not pray. Okay? Because she started to menstruate. Okay? Um, if she was to now become pure before the end of Maghrib, that's now the question. What happens? If she was to now, for example, one hour later, because we know Maghrib is going to last roughly about an hour and a half. So about an hour later, if she becomes pure again, what does she have to do? She has to pray Maghrib. Why does she have to pray Maghrib? Because she was able to catch the time of the Maghrib prayer. Now that's not going to happen. So the more real, yani come pure again after an hour. It's like medically, it's like, you know, whatever. Okay, so now the question is that what's the realistic scenario here? The realistic scenario is that she becomes purified five days later. Yes? But the same situation applies. What they're basically saying is that five days later, now that she's pure, okay, does she now just start again with the prayers that she's now in? Yeah, and five days later now, they say yes, but because she was liable for the prayer for the yeah, one second before she yeah, uh, menstruated, she has to make up Maghrib. Does that make sense? She has to make up Maghrib. And that's basically what's being said. Okay? Um, person might say, what about Isha? What about Isha? No, that Isha was covered because from the beginning of that Isha time she was menstruating, the end of the Isha time she was menstruating, nothing for Isha, for Maghrib. That's what she needs to do. And as for the... Um, uh, 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 and that, as I said, of course, is for the Hanbalis because they consider just one takbira. Okay, and then it might be another guy. Uh, the Maghrib uh, uh, happens and he faints. Okay, he faints, and then this is on top of page one hundred and thirty. After midnight, okay, after midnight, he then wakes up. So it's not sleep; he's fainted. Okay. Now, there is a discussion amongst the scholars about whether when a person faints, do they need to make the prayer up or not? Okay? There is a, a, a difference of opinion amongst the scholars, and maybe um, we will come to that later. Um, my position is that when a person faints, then they do not need to make up the prayer. That's also the position of Sheikh Uthameen as well. So if a person is not in control of their senses, we're not talking sleep. We're talking about a person who's not in control of their senses because of an act such as when they lose their sanity, okay? Then they are not then held accountable for their prayers. So, He has to pray Maghrib when he come, wakes up after midnight. Why does he have to wake, uh, pray Maghrib? Okay, this is a pure humbly position. Because you know when does Isha end? At midnight, according to the Hanbalis, yes? Other scholars said until Fajr. <coughs> if you were following the opinion of, for example, the Hanafis, okay, that said that the Isha lasts all the way till Fajr, then this person, because they were awake for just even the takbir of the Maghrib time, they'd have to make Maghrib, and of course he'd have to make up Isha, because actually he's technically in the time of Isha, right? Whereas this is the Hanbali position, and so they say that he has to make up Maghrib, Isha he doesn't, because Isha's gone. All right, and that's of course even the madhab, the hamli madhab itself has the two two narrations that a person who is in a coma does or a fainted does have to make up isha regardless, 
and doesn't have to make up Isha as well. And you can see the, ref- the re- references for those who can read the Arabic. They can, they can see the references to Al-Mukhni to go and see that issue further. So I want you just to understand that, okay? Um, so, and as I said, Sheikh Uthameen, and he says, وَلَكِنْ لِأَنَّ الْإِغْمَالَ يَسْقُدْ فَرْدَ الصَّلَاءِ وَمَنْ قَالُ وَهُوَ الصَّحِيحِ إِنَّ الْإِغْمَالَ يُسْقَدْ فَرْدَ الصَّلَاءِ uh, or yusqat for the salah of one. So then the one who says, and it is the correct opinion, that the one who faints, then that actually drops the, obliga- the obligation of the prayer. Then he does not then have to make up the, uh, the, 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 the Isha uh, prayer either. And a third example, um, this is a person who fainted. The third one is a person who lost their sanity, became, became insane. So after Maghrib, just enough time for the takbir to go, and then he became... Uh, 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 he lost his mind and then he came round after midnight then he likewise did not has to make up the Isha prayer but he has to make up Maghrib because he was there that's the first opinion and it's the opinion of the Hanbalis okay the second position on this matter Sheikh says some of the scholars says that he does not have to make up that prayer unless he caught one full rak'ah which is what Yani we've been talking about this is the position of Sheikh Uthameen himself this is Sheikh Uthameen's personal opinion. This is the one that he prefers. Okay, That if a person has caught enough time of the prayer of one rak'ah, then he has to make up. So all those three scenarios just change the to the haram into one rak'ah. Then there's a third opinion. okay, And that is what is my opinion. And it is the position of this class. And it used to be the position of Ibn Taymiyyah as well. And so on and so forth. Who can tell me what that is? We mentioned a couple of times. He doesn't have to make it up because. Meaning that it was permissible for this person to not have to pray at that exact second. And likewise for the menstruating woman, at that moment, she does have the permission to not have to pray at that exact second. So when it was taken away from her, how can it be that she is held liable for that prayer when she didn't do anything, quote-unquote, wrong? Does that make sense? And this is how Sheikh explains that. So he goes, the third position, as was chosen by Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah, um, is that neither the mukallaf and neither the menstruating, al-mukallaf wa al-ha'id, they do not need to make qada of that prayer. Qada, okay? Let me just, I don't know whether we've even gone through the whole qada thing, but qada is what Pax called qaza, yeah? Just in case you're thinking, I've never heard of qada before. Qada is obviously what Pat say. And qada is the actual word. To make up a missed prayer. Okay? And, and, and again, if I haven't already spoken about this or, uh, you know, so far, then let me make it super clear that uh, this concept that one can... Inter- I mean, you know, this is a very much yani, a cultural thing. And it's not, I, I, can't, I can't even say it's a Pat thing because Arabs practice this as well. Okay? Uh, this idea that you do not have to pray at work because it's a bit difficult or because you know your clothes are not back or whatever you know dirty and they're impure or whatever so I'll just go home and I'll pray everything kaza it's like a third option right they, they actually create it as an as a, as a willful option it's not possible and not permissible ever to intentionally delay the prayer from its time okay there's lots of options of how to help a person out when they're having difficulties and that's its own chapter Okay, that involves, for example, combining and pseudo-combining 
and praying late and knowing the rules of what happens when you pray the last second and emergency prayers and cutting out sunnah and cutting out everything to really knock out something super quick. There's a lots of fiqh and skill involved in that. But what is not possible is for a person to intentionally delay the prayer from its time ever unless they, we are talking extraordinary circumstances. Extraordinary circumstances. Like what happened to the Prophet ﷺ, where he was under constant shelling, effectively, of arrows and, and attack for the whole day. Constant. So it was not even possible for him to pray Salatul Khawf. And you know when you study Salatul Khawf, the structure of Salatul Khawf is actually a prayer that's prayed under attack. Okay? So I want you to know that the deen and the Prophet ﷺ has already legislated a prayer that actually goes ahead with the real possibility of being attacked. So the, 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 the actual prayer line is at all times protected by people within the prayer. So there's already an understanding that, you know, that we're, we're fighting here, but we need to pray. So we just take a little moment out, but we don't, you know, the guns are there, the, 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 the spears are there. Whatever time the modern day version would be that a person is ready to fire off if, if it's required, etc. So when I'm saying that the Prophet ﷺ at that time couldn't pray the five prayers, okay, we are talking an unprecedented level of attack. And that's the kind of thing that would need to happen. And yes, the modern day version does not necessarily have to be a um, doesn't necessarily have to be a war scenario, and it could theoretically be a a surgeon in the middle of a life-saving operation which is stretching to nine hours which in the winter takes out four prayers or something like that or three prayers anyway so there is by case by case basis there's space for that but not as understood by the masses that there is this valid kind of option that we can just pray beyond when we get home just because our clothes are dirty or just because of x or because of y all right and we've, we've i mentioned some of these points specifically anyway back to what sheikh uh, what uh, uh, the third position is and he says that illa idha baqiya min the only time that a person has to make qada is if there is time at the end of the uh, the end of the prayer time for that prayer and they didn't make it then that person has to make qada okay so it's the other way around so it's not at the beginning of the time ibn Taymiyyah's argument is a common sense one he goes, that why would you hold someone account? Why would you say to someone that Maghrib is one and a half hours? You've got one and a half hours to pray Maghrib. And then if you don't pray in the first 30 seconds, say that you basically you messed up. That's a contradiction in terms. What's the point of a prayer time then? Uh, but where does he put the line? Where does he put his foot down? His foot down is, is where it should be. If a person now goes to one hour and 29 minutes, well, what's what the hell's going on there then? Right? So that is uh, you know, unacceptable. Yeah? So that's the, that's the situation. Um, what's the evidence is for all of this? Well, the evidence is for the first position of Takriyat al-Ihram is uh, what we mentioned before, that as long as you are able to catch a part of the prayer, then you've been able to catch all the prayer, whatever. And as I said, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I like the, the thinking. I don't think it's the correct position. And the majority do not follow it. As for the second position, then we, so we said that's based upon the hadith very clear. Whoever catches raka'ah, faqad adraka salah. So whoever catches a unit, then they've caught the whole prayer. But then, as for the third position, what's the evidence for that? And that's what we just said. Okay, that a person... 
has been given the permission to be able to pray throughout that time. Yes, of course it's better to pray at the earlier time, but if a person doesn't, it's not obligatory to pray in that first 10 minutes or 5 minutes. For example, for Dhuhr prayer. Many people, they delay the Dhuhr prayer. Okay? For example, the Fajr prayer. Actually, the Hanafis, they consider it to be recommended to delay the Fajr prayer. Right? So how can you say to a Hanafi, for example, that you must pray in the first minute when actually their evidences suggest the exact opposite, that you should delay it when it becomes brighter? So it's clear that the prayer times give some laxity for a person to not have to pray at the first minute, and therefore they should not be held accountable. Um, okay. Um, I want to say to you something interesting. Um, if a person... And uh, that, that's, that's, I think, clear from a uh, menstruation point of view. Sheikh Atameen mentions something else as well. He goes that Ibn Taymiyyah would argue that a person who loses their mind, okay, and, uh, uh, um, uh, or they faint, they would not have to make up that prayer anyway. Why would they have to make up that prayer? It's not like they fell asleep, yes? So I, I want you to make sure that you apply it squarely across the board. So to the menstruating person, to the one who's lost their mind, to the one who faints, all of them are the same. That if there is enough time left for the prayer for them to legitimately pray, and they have not prayed, okay, and there's enough time for them to safely pray, and then something happens to them, then they are not to be blamed, and they do not need to make up the prayer. What does uh, what does mean uh, choose? He actually says, He goes, the reasoning... And the logical process behind this third opinion is very, very strong. Very strong. However, he did not choose it. Okay? Sheikh Uthameen, he did not choose it. And I want you to make that point because the class position is this third position. Okay? But Sheikh Uthameen's position is number two and his reasoning is very good. And it's something that we've been using actually all along as well. And that is that because the second opinion is safer. Simple as that. Nothing more than that. He says, thani." Okay, it's not like he's saying that intellectually I'm convinced by the second opinion. He's basically saying that the second opinion is a safer one because of the khilaf on the issue, and therefore he, uh, uh, you know, he just wants to not take the risk of saying a person doesn't need to make up the prayer. Is that clear, everybody? Okay. Yes. 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 You know, when you started, I was thinking to myself, what's this guy doing in the theatre? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I was miles away. Right, okay. Uh, so the person has an operation in a uh, operating theatre. Yeah. yeah. My mind is in Hamilton and God knows what. Yeah, and I was miles away. So there's two yeah. ways you can lose consciousness. I mean, <laughs> so he's basically he's got an operation um, and a person is going uh, uh, for yes and it's, and it's in Maghrib time uh, and so on so my, my opinion on this is that we have to be specific to the exact nature of the, of the incident okay meaning that if there is a person who is doing a, an, a operation that is necessary and that is required okay that is for the uh, for the betterment of this person for permissible purpose or for medical need, then I believe that the person then comes under the uh, same rulings. They're, they're not required to have to pray and so on and so forth. However, if a person knows 
which they obviously do, they should uh, endeavor to pray beforehand because it's something which they know is about to happen. Okay? But my point is, is that this person, uh, uh, technically, when he's out, he's on the same ruling. The difference is when a person does an illegal action. So, for example, you know, smoking something which is a, you know, a, a toxic substance or, or, or drugs or whatever, and they know that it could knock him out, for example, or someone who's drinking, okay, then this person uh, both does not apply, meaning that they are sinful and they have to make up the price. So, without a choice, Correct. That's basically correct. Without choice, something happened. Let's say someone got knocked out completely. Something fell on their head. They got knocked out. There's no discussion about that. And if someone then has a choice, then that the ruling is based upon the nature of the choice, whether it's permissibility as a principle or not. Yes, no, Allah knows best. No, go a bit further. If um, you do a legal activity, but that leads to you being knocked out. So, for an example, I don't know boxing. Let's say. But the guy is, is not Le- legal activity. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything like um, athletics or uh, anything. So let's say wrestling, and he's got him in a chokehold, for example. Let's say. Yeah. So. So he knows that that could happen, but he goes and, and does it anyway. So this is legal. So you're saying that let's say Maghrib time has started, yeah, yes. and we're at like ten minutes in or whatever. You know that it's going to last, let's say. 10 minutes yep. of the fight. Yeah, so, so he, he thinks he's still, still thinks he's got time to pray Makhrib afterwards. But he knows that there's a risk of being... Uh, yeah, but I don't think that's the asal, is it? Yeah, and you don't go into a wrestling match thinking that you're going to get knocked out. No, 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 no. But you know that... But I'm saying that's what the ruling would be based upon, isn't it? It would be based upon what the, what the probability is of the, of the legal activity. That's, that's, my, that's my point. Right, when you go into a wrestling... Is it not true that the basic principle is that you're not going to get knocked out? Even in boxing, even in, even, even in, even in boxing, let's just assume for, for a second it was legal, okay? No, my point was not about the activity itself, but right. as you said, the degree of... Choice, uh, in, in the choice, uh, the degree of choice of you intentionally knowing that there's a possibility. Yeah, I'm putting yourself in that yeah, scenario. Yeah, I, I mean, I think definitely it's an important point that it's got to be taken into consideration. Like it would be, I agree with you, it would be irresponsible of people who go into something where there is even a chance, even a small chance of them losing consciousness and, and, that, and, and, them, and they're not praying beforehand. Uh, does it change the ruling of the, of the, of the, of the activity? No, 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 of, of, um, of, of the making of, of the prayer. Of the yes, there's no doubt that there is going to be an, an impact upon the prayer ruling. There's no doubt. That a person's, for example, got, uh, that's why I said that's got to be on a case-by-case basis. So, for example, a person going into an activity where there's a high probability that they're going to be knocked out. Then this person's really got to take the initiative and pray beforehand, right? And if there's a person who doesn't expect that to happen, then that's going to be different, etc., etc. It will differ from a space to, you know, a situation to situation, yeah. So, not the focus on the situation that you're getting into, is there a difference if your intention is you know you're just being lazy and you're not praying earlier compared to um, like there be going into a situation? Like you give an example of a situation where I'm just being so vulnerable. If you're just being lazy and then you know half an hour before that you start menstruating or you faint or whatever it may be, then what is it the same third opinion that you're still? Not I think so. Yes, because uh, because even though yeah, and you, what you're saying is that what if a person's lazy? I mean, look, 
as long as a person has and and and, and here's the difficulty. There is, and that's why Sheikh Uthaymin pulled away from this opinion, right? That's the reason he pulled away from the opinion because he's like thinking, you know, how confident am I to make an excuse for this person who is being lazy, right? Whereas Ibn Taymiyyah is is being more technical about this, right? And I have to say that uh, that's more I feel as well that if the prayer time has, is there for permissibility, and this person for whatever reason has not prayed within the period of permissibility, it's still permissibility. Okay? But but clearly, you know, as we've been able to show, it's a it's a toss up. It's not it's not full on concrete, you know, safety, which is why scholars don't like the risk. And that's why they suggest that's why Sheikh Uthameen says, you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not willing to risk this. Just just to clarify, so let's make something completely permissible. Okay. And you don't expect you just fall asleep. You just fall asleep half an hour before. So, sleep, sleep. Sleep, sleep. Okay. What's happening. Yeah. So you, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Sleep, sleep, because you obviously don't know what's happening in sleep either, or you mean someone's fainted. Because the, 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 ru- the, the ruling is very different. Let's just say he's drowsy. Okay. A it's person is drowsy. Asking, so, so he's drowsy. Yeah. He's not had a chance to pray. Gets home uh, and misses the prayer because he just falls asleep. Right. Your, would your opinion imply he doesn't have to make that up? He was no, no, a, a, a person who's drowsy, there's no difference of opinion on this matter at all. Yeah. Drowsy, which leads to sleep, this is a process which is seen as normative, okay? And uh, sure, there's factors that a person should have planned for that and so on and so forth. But if a person literally goes to, you know, falls asleep and they don't expect to fall asleep, whilst there was permissible time for him to pray then I think that he has to still make up the prayer as per the hadith. The hadith is very clear on that. Okay? Now, if a person... Uh, 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 and and he, the, key is, the key is not even the prayer. There's no dispute over the making up of the prayer here. The dispute on this question that you're asking is whether he's sinful or not for going to sleep. Okay? That's what the issue should be about. And when he wakes up, and he now has to make that prayer that he didn't pray, is he sinful? And the answer is no, because he went to sleep. Now, if we find out after further investigation that the guy didn't go to sleep for two days and was messing around with the prayer, didn't take a nap at a certain moment to make sure that he didn't miss the prayer, and he was negligent in the missing of that prayer, even because of sleep, then the ruling is different and the person turns out simple. Just like Yani, we talk about Fajr. And we always bring it back down to Fajr and make it simple. Everyone knows it's a basic rule that if you have a very long day, okay, then you better go sleep early. Otherwise, if you go sleep late, you're going to miss Fajr. It's going to be that double, triple more difficult to wake up for Fajr. And if you don't put on your alarm clock, then that's even more negligent, and so on and so forth. So if you know that about yourself and you don't take those means, then you are sinful for the missed prayer, and you've got to pray as well. Vis-a-vis a person who goes to sleep on time, and but you know they didn't, really appreciate just how tired they were and they missed that prayer then they have to pray it when they wake up and they're not sinful so there is obviously a, 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 a level of personal responsibility that does affect the ruling but does it in this case affect the ruling to make up the prayer no it affects sin whereas here what we're talking about is the prayer itself yeah just following on from that then isn't it about the intention so whether you're lazy or you just fall asleep as a one-off because you're very tired if you intended to pray before the time finished, isn't that the important thing? No doubt. No doubt. No so, doubt. So then you don't have to make up the prayer. Or was you intended to pray? You have to make up the prayer. 
There's no discussion about, there is no difference of opinion upon the fact that a person who falls asleep, who wanted to pray, has to make up that prayer. That's going to make up a lot of the discussion next week about the issue of missed prayers. Yes. And we had this discussion, I think, last year, did we not? And what did we determine that what the actual difference was? Because at this moment in time, uh, 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 we're not actually going back to that discussion of the physiological difference between fainting and sleeping. Now we're more talking about a person's intention, as Shazad said. Yeah, that's basically what, what's going on here. And a person becoming insane or, or falling unconscious, uh, unconscious uh, or fainting is an uh, involuntary act. And that's the key here, right? But a person who is in control and knows what's going on, then their responsibility increases with the greater control and the greater sense of yani, responsibility. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking, would it be possible to come to a fourth position and mix the second and the third? Uh, meaning, let's say it's not about time, but it's about do you have an excuse not to have prayed during that time? Between the start of the prayer and the moment I think it's a fair point, but I think that actually the third opinion is that fourth opinion that you're suggesting. They're not, yeah, they're not really focusing so much on the time time. They're <coughs> focusing on what you said. Do they have the legitimate reason to not pray, which actually is the time, which actually is the fact that they've got time left. That is the, so time is just a convenient example of a legal excuse to not pray immediately. Okay? Right. Alright Then وَمَنْ صَارَ أَهْلًا لِوُجُوبِهَا Now another uh, Nice and simple situation Is that If um, What's it say uh, Zafar in English So Where do we start from? And who I don't know Whoever becomes Obligatory upon Or whatever Someone legally responsible reaches an amount of prayer time equal to the amount of the opening of the free while he is legally responsible while his legal responsibility has been ended and his legal responsibility has been returned. Yeah, after that. Or menstruation begins and then there and then and there is then purity. After that. One is required to perform the prayer and any prayer that was joined before to it if the prayer becomes obligatory upon him before its time ends. Repeat that again. One is required to perform the prayer and any prayer that was joined before to it if the prayer becomes obligatory upon him before it, its time ends. Good. Okay. So this is a very simple scenario. This is talking about a person who... The easiest person is menstruation, menstruating woman. She's menstruating. Okay. And at Maghrib she was menstruating. And halfway through Maghrib was menstruating. And then right at the end she's now become pure. Okay, simple as that. Now, what do we do? So, uh, the Hanbalis, you know straight away, they will say as long as there was one takbiratul ihram left before Maghrib finished, before Isha time starts, she needs to pray. That, does that make sense? Yes. And this is why we're not happy with this opinion at all. Okay, because it's so unrealistic that, I mean, you know, what's going on there, right? So... Um, and so basically uh, the and what Sheikh Uthameen here says that this takbir al-ihram this is the position of the madhab okay and 
And what they what I just want to just I hope you understand this point that here for them for the for the Hanbalis, it's not so important that she doesn't have time to shower and ghusl and this and that whatever because as far as they're concerned the time can now move into Isha she just needs to still pray Maghrib so is, is this a is this a, um, a lacking in the translation where purity just purely means in this sense when the menstruation ends correct purity correct correct purity here does not mean that she's ready to pray purity means that she has now got no legal impediment Impediment. Yes, there is nothing. There is nothing preventing her from praying, and that legal impediment, which is menstruation, has now gone. That's the definition of purity. That's what purity actually means. Then she purifies herself by the wusul. Yeah. So the the point here, this could apply for a new Muslim, the one who takes shahada. Okay. It refers to a person who's become, you know, who was fainted, then comes round again. Okay, so you're going to have two positions. You're either going to have, uh, if, they've, if they've done uh, the takbir, then that's enough. And if there is time for one raka'ah, which is the second position, then that's enough. There is no third opinion here. Ibn Taymiyyah's issue does not come into this matter because we're now talking about the end of the prayer. Does that make sense? Before we were talking at the beginning of the prayer time, but now it's at the end of the prayer time. Someone has just now become obligated to pray. They came round, they've woken up. They've regained consciousness. They've become pure from menstruation. They became Muslim. They were apostated. They became Muslim again, etc., etc. So now it's about what have they caught of the actual prayer time, okay? Now, and that's why it's not so. And our position here is still the rakah. You might, some person might turn around and say, well, hold on. Uh, even one rakah, which is one minute, that's not enough time for a person to, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, shower and, and get ready and so on and so forth. We'll say, but we're not asking it for her, from her to have to happen there and then. Let the time go out, she has to make it anyway. So the the, the class position here is the position of the rakah. If, if there is enough time for a rakah of a prayer to be prayed and you become pure, then you need to make that prayer. Whether you can make it there and then, or whether you have to make it then in the prayer afterwards. Now, what's the real issue here is that the humblies then continue on and they say, can you run that sentence? Or do you read that sentence again? One is required to perform the prayer and any prayer that was joined before to it if the prayer becomes obligatory upon him before its time ends. So not only are they obligated to pray that prayer, but also the prayer that would be joined to it. Even, even without traveling. Correct. The prayer that would be joined to it. Now what does that mean? What does that mean that the prayer that would be joined to it? So um, we know that there are uh, four prayers that can get joined together in two periods of the day. Okay, this is the humbly speaking, of course, right? So we know that there is the Dhuhr and Asr uh, 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 prayer and that afternoon period. In the afternoon period, you can either pray Dhuhr and Asr at the beginning time or Dhuhr and Asr at the end time. And this is called one time, it's called the afternoon period. Okay, and then you have a second period of time, which is the evening period. And in the evening period, you can pray Maghrib. And, and Isha at the beginning time, and Isha and Maghrib at the latter time, all of these when you have a legal reason. Okay, a legal reason is some kind of immense difficulty, where there's lots of rain, for example, that creates difficulty, when a person has, is traveling, when a person is very sick, and some extraordinary circumstance, or war, etc. So this is the chapter of combining the prayers. So this is fine, and that's, you know, we'll cover that in its right time. 
What the Hanbalis are saying is that if you prayed, if you came around at Asr time, or if you became pure at Asr time, because you are in the afternoon period, Dhuhr becomes obligatory upon you as well. Okay? And there are a number of scholars that follow this opinion, by the way. Okay? Even I have to say that I used to follow this opinion as well. I used to be very sympathetic towards it until I saw the light. Yeah? The, the, uh, uh, for a long time as well, many years, subhanAllah, was upon this opinion. Many years. Um, and likewise, uh, Isha or Maghrib, if you are to come, if you are to, for example, become pure before midnight, okay, then not only would you have to pray Isha, but Maghrib as well, because you're in that period of time. That's basically uh, uh, why. You might say, right, okay, what's the evidence for that? What's the basis for that? And Sheikh Uthameen says that, and we're now at the bottom of page 133, he says two uh, evidences. Al-Athar wa nadar meaning a narration and the aql, the common sense. As for the Athar, then there is a narration narrated from Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu an and Abdurrahman ibn Awf radiallahu an that uh, that is what a person does. Okay? Simple as that. That if that happens and a person becomes pure, they don't just pray Maghrib, but they pray Isha as well. Uh, they don't pray uh, Maghrib, but they don't just pray Isha, sorry, but they pray the prayer before it as well, i.e. Maghrib. Okay? I just want to go through this a little bit now because we haven't done some hadith uh, studies for a while. So let's look at this. It's footnote number two. Footnote number two uh, on page 133. So this has been narrated from Abdurrahman uh, ibn Awf and Abdullah ibn Abbas. Abdullah ibn Abbas was narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayb in the book of prayer. And been narrated by Imam al-Darami as well, and uh, in other places as well. And it was narrated by Ibn al-Mundir in al-Awsat, in al-Bayhaqi in Sunan al-Kubra, and Ma'rifat al and then by al-Bayhaqi in al-Ma'rif wal-Athar. And you will see that it has a uh, a chain that has some problems. Its chain was considered to be weak. Because of the reason of Yazid ibn Abi Ziyad. Yazid da'if kama fi taqrib. Yani in the books of Rijal, this narrator Yazid, he is considered to be weak. And not only is he weak, but there are chains in which he is narrating from different named people. What we call ithrab. And there's confusion in the chain. So weakness of narrator plus confusion in the chain gives us a good reason to stay away from this. Um, there are some supporting evidences for this. However, those other extra chains were also considered weak by Ibn Turkmani in a Jawhar al-Naqi. And as, as well as uh, the narration on the next page now of Abdurrahman ibn, ibn Awf, again narrated by Abu Bakr ibn Bishayba in, uh, in, uh, in Al-Musannaf. And likewise, it was narrated by Ibn Al-Mundhir and Al-Bayhaqi. And what does he say? He says that if you look at the person who is in key in this chain, his name is Al-Mawla, then he is Majhul, meaning that he is not known. There is no uh, knowledge about his status. And when we have a Majhul person, when we have someone that we don't know and have information about, then he cannot be considered to be a trustworthy narrator. And وَفِيهِ جَهَالَ مَنْ حَدَّثَهُ أَيْضًا فَالْإِسْنَادِ ضَعِيفٍ يعني Basically, all of the narrations that have been gathered together, there is some weakness. So that's our response. So yes, there is a narration that the two companions did this. However, our response to that is that both narrations are weak. As for the nazar, what did the Hanbalis argue? They said that um, the 
the, 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 the first prayer and the second prayer, these are prayers which are combined when you have an excuse. If you have some excuse, you combine them. So you take advantage of the excuse. فَلَمَا كَانَ وَقْتًا لَهَا عِنْدَ الْعُذَرْ صَارَ إِدْرَاكَ جُزْءٍ مِنْهُ كَإِدْرَاكَ جُزْءٍ مِنَ الْوَقْتَيْنِ جَمِيعًا يعني He basically said, something interesting, he said that once it was possible for a person, I've got to be careful not to ridicule this opinion because I have some sympathy with this opinion, by the way. Okay? But my sympathy works in a different way. Okay? He said that if we look at this Dhuhr and Asr situation, think with me here. He goes that when you look at Dhuhr and Asr and you know that Allah has made it permissible to pray Dhuhr and Asr together for reasons, it's almost because they share this common period. And this period of time it has a little bit of dhuhr and a little bit of asr in it. Okay. Carrying on. This is now not what he says, but I'm going to add now my point from my pocket. It is no surprise that the turning point from end of dhuhr to end of asr is something that the majority of people can't see. Would you agree? Yes? You might be looking at a shadow and, you know, your take on that double shadow and single shadow is different from the next man. who will, You get what I'm trying to it's not the sun setting, is it? It's not the sun rising, is it? It's not, bam, super clear. Yes? It's an issue of suddenly we're out of dhuhr and suddenly we're out of asr. If there was no time, frankly, we'd have no idea. Okay? Is that not also the same between Maghrib and Isha? Between Maghrib and Isha, okay, we studied all those time issues and about how the stars will come and how the darkness will descend and how the whiteness has to be remaining and how the redness will disappear. One man's redness has disappeared is another person's when I still can see a little bit. Yeah? So there's actually, I have to say, quite a logical and strong rational argument to say that there is laxity between the crossover between Dhuhr to Asr and Maghrib to Isha. <coughs> and perhaps, and this is still me speaking, you know, Shaykh Uthameen, perhaps that is one of the reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it like a single time period. And another single time period. However, the Fajr was not given a time period. It had a very clear end point. Does that make sense? This is pure logic. This is no evidence. No Quran Sunnah. This is purely from my pocket. Fajr has a clear start time. Clear end time. What would you combine it to? Right? It's like it's independent. Well, Dhuhr and Asr. And what's the upshot of what I'm saying? The upshot of what I'm saying is that if a person is very late on Dhuhr, he doesn't give up on praying Dhuhr. I'm, I've always been of this opinion that if a person, for example, you know, it sees on his watch that it suddenly says 1.50, Asr has suddenly started, I would still, if I hadn't prayed Dhuhr, I would still pray Dhuhr. Now you say, well, you still have to pray Dhuhr anyway. But I mean that I would pray Dhuhr thinking I'm still within Dhuhr time. That's my point. I'm not saying that, oh, I'll wait another 10 minutes because it's all a bit vague and whatever and so I'll pray. I'm saying that at 150 I'm like frankly 150 is the kind of the, the, the passing over from Dhuhr to Asr not super clear I'm going to pray right now I'm going to make my intention that I'm still within Dhuhr time and like I said it could be argued well you're going to have to pray Dhuhr anyway whether you think it's Asr time or Dhuhr time or whatever time but you're going to pray so I'm saying that this this Passover is something which is, yeah. Anyway, the Hanbalis took this to the next level and they said that because we have these two kind of times, 
that if you catch, you know they've got that principle that if you catch a part of the prayer, you've caught the whole prayer. So if you caught Tafiyat al-Ihram, you caught the whole prayer. They said if you caught a part of this time period, you've caught the whole time period. They use the same principle. If you've caught a part of this time period, then everything that comes in that time period then comes with it. And so catching that time period means that you catch the prayer of the beginning of that time period. That's their ugly uh, uh, that's their ugly uh, point. Yes. Alright, if you want to find a like a ugly uh, you know, like reasoning behind it. Of, of, of the spurious opinion. Yeah. Joining, <coughs> why not using the, the uh, authentic reports that the Prophet would combine two prayers for absolutely no reason, no apparent reason? Why not? Because <coughs> instead of, 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 of one, one is helping and one is not helping. The hadith that you're talking about, the hadith of Sahih Muslim, yeah. where Abdullah ibn Abbas said that there was no reason yeah. except to make it easy upon his ummah. Yeah. So that makes sense. So for example, if I'm in a, tra- I'm in a plane, or I'm, I'm in a train, I don't want to get up now and pray in front of all these people. And I'm a traveler. So I'm going to, when I get home, I'll pray Maghrib and Isha together. Alhamdulillah, the Prophet Sallallahu has allowed me to do it. So it helped me. How is it helping me that when I yani, became pure at Asr time with one second to go and I'm slapped yani, with Dhuhr to pray as well? No, 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 no. When you, say you get what I'm trying to say? The hadith here, it helps me in that scenario. It, 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 it's actually added upon my burden. Does that make sense? Yani, what I'm saying is that... Yeah, but what, what, no, the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of is... That would make more sense to, to like... Uh, it wouldn't though. Uh, it wouldn't because why would a person... The, 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 the hadith, does it, does it mention that just for the sake of making it easier on, on, on the Ummah? Does it yes. That's the hadith of no Sahih Muslim. But to make it easier. Correct. Correct. Now, is that clear? Yeah, that makes yeah. it easier. Now let me put a scenario upon you. If I said to you that you've now just you know, come round you and you're like all dazed... And if you have the choice to pray another prayer, one or prayer two, you're gonna say, "Well, class, yeah, I, mean, I, thought, I thought I was gonna get with both of them, actually." But yeah, no you know, then yeah, yeah, no, no, it's 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 not it's not applicable at all here, no, no. And um, so then Sheikh Uthameen says, and then 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 some of the scholars, "Qala about the Ahlul Ilm, okay, innu la yalzimhu illa salat lati adraka waktaha fakat, okay." And this is the correct position, okay. Uh, and this Sheikh Uthameen's position is the class position. That he only has to pray that prayer that he's called. There's no prayer before it. And the evidence is an athar and another again. Alright, so they're also going to bring a narration. We are going to bring a narration. And we're going to bring our aql as well. As for the athar, then it's the clear statement of the Prophet He said, Man adraka raka'atan min as-salah faqad adraka as-salah. Whoever catches a unit of the prayer, then they have caught as-salah. They have caught the prayer. He did not say he's caught the prayer and the prayer before it. So whoever catches a rak'ah, yani, so if there's two minutes left of asr, and you are able to pray one rak'ah, then the hadith says, whoever catches one rak'ah, then they've caught the prayer, meaning asr prayer. It doesn't say, and the prayer before it. And in the absence of not saying the prayer before it, it's the end of story. Khalas, very, very uh, simple. Okay? Um, uh, secondly, uh, there's another hadith as well, and we've covered this as well. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Man adraka rak'atan min al-asri qabla an taghrib al-shams, faqad adraka al-asr." Okay, so think about that. The Prophet ﷺ said, 
in the hadith which is reported in Bukhari and Muslim that whoever catches a unit of the Asr prayer before the sun sets, then they have caught the Asr prayer. He did not say, and the Dhuhr prayer. Yeah, they've caught the Asr prayer. So it's very clear. As for the Akli uh, evidence, okay, as for the yani, another. I, don't, I mean, to be honest, I don't even think it needs an explanation. It's common sense, isn't it? Yani, you've caught one, one aspect. Why would you be held accountable for the other? I mean, I don't even know why would we even yani, discuss that. Okay. Um, yes, go on. Is it the, the position of the Hanbali uh, Madhab about, you know, when you, let's say, uh, become pure for, for women, let's say, in uh, Asa? And you have and you pray the Hora and Asad, you pray both. How strong is this opinion in the Madhab? Of the Hanbalis? Yeah. Oh, it is their official position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is their official position. It is the official position of the Hanabil, absolutely. Okay. So someone Yeah, go on. Um According to the Hanbalis, if a person has to do has time to do uh, the takbir, then the person is liable for the prayer. Yes. So does this mean if a woman does the takbir, then starts? No, it does. I mean, hold on. <coughs> I mean, there needs to be time to do. Not that they <coughs> started doing it. You know that they started doing it. Got time to do it. Hold on, hold on, what are we talking about? We're talking about menstruating woman. Yeah, well, she's not menstruating yet. All right. She's got time, it's 9.29, Maghrib, she does the food and she starts menstruating. You've lost me 9.29. <laughs> I don't know if it's at the beginning, is at the end. Maghrib is, Maghrib is at 4 o'clock at the moment, and you went 9.29, you blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> you blew everything. I just like, we're still in, stuck in Hamilton over here. And then you bust Maghrib at 9.29. Okay. Right. End of Maghrib. Near the end of Maghrib, right. She does take beer. She does take beer. Yes. Now, Maghrib time is basically gone. Yes. What is the state? Does she make up that prayer? Because we said the person who could have made the beer, but doesn't... She has to make up that prayer, correct. Why does she have to make up that prayer? Because she should not be praying any that prayer at 9.29. Did you not ask uh, literally at the beginning of the time of, of Mahrib that would make more sense to ask this question as in if it's at uh, let's say like 4 o'clock and she started praying and like 4.02 or 4.01 the, the, the maturation comes in is it, it was, was it was that was the, that, that's the first scenario you see that, that's, the, that, that, that's the first scenario and that's easy to deal with because as we said a person in that scenario where they didn't pray at the beginning, well, she didn't have to pray at the beginning, and so she doesn't. But this situation here is now that there is now enough time to pray at the end, according to the Hanbalis. Yeah, and there's a length of time of one takbir to the ihram left, and they get to that stage. Do they need to make up the prayer or not? And that is the question now that is, is being asked. And I'm saying that if a person has got to that stage at the end, they have to make up that prayer. Definitely. There's no doubt about it. Whether it's takbirah, it's hamblis. And for us, one raka'ah. Absolutely have to make up that prayer. What on earth is a person doing, praying at the very, very last second, a minimum length of the prayer? And, and 
No, as we said before, if she, at the beginning, if she had enough time to pray at the beginning, yeah. and she starts menstruating, she doesn't have to make up that prayer. Why? Because she can. She ha- she was allowed. Even if she started. Started what the prayer? Prayer. Even if she starts the prayer, she doesn't have to make up that prayer. Because she had ability to pray it later, she tried to pray. That's, that's even as even more reason for her not to have to make up the prayer. She did everything that she needed to. You know what I'm saying? She did everything that she needed to. Okay. Um, go on, yeah, go on. Um, but this is from last lesson, so I'll come back to them later. Um, the, the one about the person fainting. Yeah. We differentiated, this was last year, that the person who faints, we, I think we took up Ibn Umar's position, where we said it was less than three days, more than three days, there was a five days, um, and on, on the, specifically the fainting we said... Did we cover that? We did. Yeah, we, you said, we, we talked about, uh, for example, the position of uh, Dinbaz, about the three days. If it's less than three days, then you do it. If it's more than three days, then yes. you just leave it. Maybe we need to maybe we need to revise that. Yeah. Maybe if you can send me that, yeah, that that, that pas- pas- passage, what exactly it is that we said uh, about that? Because, uh, like for example, as we're going to see now, Sheikh Bin Baz still, for example, Sheikh Uthameen, he he leans towards the fact that a person who is unconscious, okay, they need to they don't need to make up the prayer, whereas Bin Baz is more kept, more on the safe side. Okay, he's more, yeah, and he, you know, he's, and uh, and to be honest, you can see why it's not a clear issue. It's not. It's 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 difficult. It's a difficult scenario, and I think if I seem to remember when we discussed it, it's there's not much evidence either. It's all interpretation of secondary sources. Yeah, there's no primary evidence either. Yeah, carry on. Asking about what uh, a rukuah is, so I think we covered that. The confusion is: is it when you go back to standing, or is it as you're going back to standing? No, I think that uh, it is sufficient to uh, have to get back up from standing. You don't need to actually stand up and uh, uh, reach the next rukan of the prayer. So a person who finishes two sajdas, okay, and has completed the the, the saying the sajda and the, the tasbih within, then that's technically the end of the unit. Even the getting up is just a, is a more perfect end. And the standing up is even more perfect. But if a person would say to me, What is the minimum required to have caught the rak'ah? Then as I said before, the correct position and the safest position is to assume that two sajjahs have been done, even if they don't have to get up. Yeah, but, uh, but we should think, like I have to get up, but if they, as long as they say, as long as they're in the second sajda, they say Subhana Rabbi al at least once, job done. I also said to you, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, that Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shankriti, he said that it is sufficient for a person to just catch the ruku'ah. Just to catch the ruku'ah. Because they differed over the meaning of what, what raka'ah means. I said raka'ah means the full unit, as Ibn Hajar said, as many of the fuqaha said. Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shankriti, he said, it is a full unit, but you can also catch a unit with the ruku'ah. So just like we do in the congregational prayer, then there's a big debate about, you know, does that apply only for congregation? Does it apply for late prayers, etc., etc.? Is it specific only? Is it that you caught the prayer? Is it that you caught the reward? Is it that you caught the unit? That's a huge discussion that will come in this right time in the, in the chapter of congregation. 
Okay? Now, I don't want to start the next part because the next part is big. It's a massive one. Okay? It's basically um, the issue that everyone asks about, but now it's all the evidences about does a person need to make up their prayers that they missed many, many years ago? Okay? And Sheikh means dedicates eight, ten pages to the discussion and the evidences back and forth on that. So it's best that we, we keep it together in, in a single uh, lesson. And it allows me to also find a story that I was trying to find, but I ran out of time this evening, which is a funny story that Ibn Taymiyyah tells. And I couldn't find it, so I need to go back and do my better research. Is there any other questions um, on today's uh, subjects? Anything outstanding? Yeah? The one that we just covered. Yes. Beginning of Maghrib. Yeah. Yes, according to the Hanbalis they would. Okay, according to the Hanbalis they would have to make up their prayer if they had started Takbir. If a woman starts a period and it's towards the end of motherhood, and obviously she's delayed it that far, are you saying then she's... If there is enough time to pray properly, normally, okay then she does not need to. If she has literally taken it to the last second where there is only enough time for a raka'ah to be prayed, then she needs to then make up that prayer because she's now gone to effectively, she's now become negligent. negligent. It's like what Shazad said. It's about intention. All right? it's, about, it's, there's, it's about personal responsibility. This issue is not so much about the time, it's about the mindset. So if a person, for example, let's say we set one and a half hours for Maghrib. Maghrib starts at four o'clock. Half past five is a cut-off time. We know that a person is sunnah to pray in the first 15, 20 minutes. If not, then they pray every five minutes after that and it just gets lesser, lesser quality of a prayer, but it's still permissible. If a person prays at five, th- five 28, 29, they're taking major, major liberties. Okay? At that moment in time when it becomes not possible even to pray one raka'ah and then she becomes menstruating, this person is liable. And that common sense suggests that, and just normal ethics suggests that. And whereas if there was 20 minutes remaining, for example, 15 minutes remaining, for example, where she's got a general plan, I am going to pray properly, and then, then in my case, she does not need to make up that prayer later. This is all talking about later, like, you know, a week later when she becomes pure. Yes. So yeah, for, the, for the Hanbali, so it's, it's just about the takbir, yeah? Yeah. So literally, if there's a, a wedding, yes. and the, literally, just, literally, like, I don't know, five seconds after they started doing the adhan. Yes. If they, if a... After they finished the adhan. Because you're using a mu'adhin. Yeah. If you're using a time, then it's just a time. But, so let's say mu'adhin, yeah? All right, cool, so... Straight after, like usually five seconds yep. after, if she becomes menstruating, yes, then it, it, the hanabila yeah, say you have to do it again. Have to pray that prayer maghrib once she becomes pure. That's basically what we covered. It's good that you asked this question because it simplifies what we just covered because mm-hmm. we went into a lot of detail and we maybe forget yeah, what is the actual lesson. Yeah, the lesson is this: is that exactly in the scenario that you just mentioned, that if there is a woman who after five ten seconds after the adhan. She goes into menstruation. According to the Hanbalis, she has to make up that Maghrib prayer when she becomes pure again a week later. Why? Because she encountered enough of the prayer time to pray. That's what they're basically saying. The second opinion is if she didn't pray for two minutes, which is the amount of time to do one full raka'ah, for example, okay, this is the position of Shaykh Uthameen, she has, and then she, after two minutes, at 4.02, for example, 
she then you know menstruates it was a case of you had full time to catch the prayer and catching the prayer here means catching one unit of the prayer you also have to pray maghrib our position number three is that it doesn't matter as long as she is within the prayer time it doesn't matter if she doesn't pray at the first five minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour as long as she's still got time to pray and then she gets then uh, menstruation comes upon her then she does not need to make that prayer time up because she has a legal excuse not to pray and that is her state right now and she was not doing something wrong by not praying in the immediate first seconds that's the summary of the class basically okay folks so, yes so if she's while she's pure yes she catches one rakah yes and then she becomes in, in pure during the second rakah one full rakah while she is pure so this is so a invalid prayer this is an invalid prayer and um, would she, if she's done one full rakah, need to make I don't know. I'll have to think about that. What was the situation? The situation is that a person now has prayed one full rakah at the beginning of Maghrib. Okay? One full yani, and that's that is for us enough for a prayer to be considered to have been done. Okay, then she starts menstruating, which is difficult. Maybe I don't know if it's possible that a person realizes that or not. But let's say a guy faints, that's easier to understand. Yeah, huh? Yeah, that, that can actually yeah. yeah, yeah. A guy faints. So okay. it, the question is: Is it enough to consider the, the prayer done? No, it's a question of does that person now need to make that prayer up when he comes round again after he started the prayer. Which is, which is, which is, oh no, it's very different because in the other scenarios, the person was not praying. In all of what we've been talking about, the person is not praying, it's the possibility no, no, of no, praying. We've, we've discussed about that, this, this woman that started. That's at the end of the time. No, no, the question I asked before was if she started. Oh, that's the takbir al ihram, and we said no because that's easy for us to reject that because we don't believe that takbir al ihram is enough to pray anyway. That's why that was rejected. But. The question, which is a follow-up, which is the natural follow-up, which, which is, to be honest, I don't know. I need to think about it. A person has now prayed. Let's, 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 just, let's break it down. There's a person. They have done enough to catch the prayer in any normative scenario. They have prayed one rak'ah in the legal time, and then they faint, or then they start menstruating. What's the state of now? What happens afterwards? When intention comes into it, so obviously they're praying... They've started that prayer with the intention to complete all the rakahs, and obviously in the first rakah they are taken out. From yeah. Fainting. But obviously. So your point is, is that uh, what's, what's your point though? Your point is that they, they definitely they, they wouldn't have to because, because they did enough. They they classed they planned to obviously do the rest of the prayer. And they don't need to make it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. According to to the enough, once you've started the prayer, you break it for whatever reason, then you do need to complete it again. Uh, if you have started a prayer I don't know about that I think that, that what you're talking The mas'ala that you're mentioning Is in a normative scenario Not in a scenario where the taklif is taken away That's the difficulty of this question I think what you're referring to is When a person breaks the prayer Whilst they still have taklif So for example their wudu goes 
then they have to make wudu and then they have to make it up. That's what the Hanafi position is. I don't think, as far as I know, that this position is referring to this unique scenario where their taklif is taken and not just taken, but taken for the next five days. So five days later, do we need to now come back to that prayer to finish it off because I started? Fiqal as, bishay, as, as, as they say. There's something which is not sitting right in my heart to say, no, he doesn't have to make it up. I think they've gone far into it. And I like, Yanni, your thoughts on the, on the way that you're breaking it down. That's what needs to happen. You need to break it down. Yeah. Can we look at, like, say, if you start doing tawaf, and then you have to, like, stop doing it for, like, whatever reason, and then however long it takes when you come back, you should, like... Yeah, that's what, that's what Saeed just mentioned, and, and, and I don't think it's the same. Because when you look at that tawaf, that question, which is, you're absolutely right. If you were to break, lose wudu, then the ruling is you go make wudu and you restart from there. You actually restart, okay? It's completely different because not only do you have A, the option to restart from there, uh, but you also have the, the recommendation to restart the tawaf from the beginning again. What we're talking about is a guy, okay, the, the equivalent, the equivalent of what you're asking, just to really spice it up, is a person on hajj, Tawaful ifada, the rukan obligatory tawaf of the hajj, they faint in the second one, and they don't they don't come get conscious until they get flown home, Yani, in Manchester. Is the hajj done or not? That's the equivalent, Yani, that you should be asking. Yani, because now, now you look back on it. Is it done? Is it not done? <laughs> that's, a, that's a sick one, isn't it? Yeah. It could happen, bro. What kind of crazy behavior happens? That's what I'm telling you. So isn't part of this distinguishing between catching the prayer and completing the prayer? Because the whole point of the discussion about catching the prayer yeah. is it allows you to legally complete the prayer. Correct. Yes? Correct. So the two things need to be separated. Do, they do. So in this scenario, it's because you've caught the prayer, you haven't completed the prayer. Correct. So but that's, which is 100% correct. The issue here though, okay, as we just heard here, is that, why do I need to repeat it for? I, meaning that, why do I need to repeat it for? And it, they would argue, okay, that you're saying to me that if I had not prayed, I would not need to pray. But I prayed, and you're making me repeat it. You started the prayer. You started the prayer, and you make me repeat Meaning that what you're basically saying to me is that I shouldn't pray in the earlier times. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? There's, there, there's a ramification. I mean, I, that's, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's a valid argument, but a person could argue that. They could argue that. You know, if a person starts on the Menses, second, third, rakat, whatever, rakat, the, obviously it would be haram for them to continue. Correct. Anyway. Haram to continue. So would it not invalid then, prayer. So then would it not be the case that they don't need to make the prayer up because they'd be rendered invalid? Yeah, see, my, 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 my point was is that that's what common sense dictates and that's what we should be saying very clearly and strongly. Especially us... As the opinion that a person doesn't need to pray, yeah, and if throughout the whole prayer until the end anyway, and so you know. However, as I said, I feel hesitancy for some reason. I don't know what that reason is. It could be completely illogical. I'm just hopefully asking someone to come out and refute me straight out and just say, no, there is no prayer. But I'm not hearing a strong enough argument. I just somehow, yeah, and ironically, 
it's almost like you're being quote-unquote punished for actually attempting to start the prayer. And that doesn't make sense either. But there's something there that if you have started the prayer, you've shown a... You've put, you've put, but what I'm trying to say is you've created a new scenario. You've created a new scenario. What that new scenario is, I've got absolutely no <laughs> idea. Yeah, go on. Is it the same? Well, you said that clear that if, you, if you're saying that if you hadn't prayed, you wouldn't have to pray. So why are you being... Uh, uh, and that's what my aql tells me. My aql says, how can you say to a woman that you didn't need to pray at the beginning and menstruation started and therefore you don't even need to worry about making up that maghrib five days later? And then a woman, she's a good girl and she goes, you know what? I'll pray right at that beginning time because I'm spot on like that. I'm wicked like that. And then basically we say, we well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? You gotta make up that prayer now, mate. You said it was invalid. Huh? The prayer is invalid. There's no doubt. It's invalid. There's no prayer. But if life is not prayed, yeah, but there was time for. But 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 but. There's no doubt that she's not prayed. Yeah, yeah, but so he said if she's not saying that if she's not prayed, that she's not prayed, the same as she's not prayed at all. It's true, it's true. It's absolutely true. This is the cold, legal, factual way of looking at it. It, It's an invalid prayer. Whether she... I mean, unless well, well, he's right. It's like a tree falls in the forest business. If the prayer is invalid, it's not a prayer. Yeah. If the prayer is invalid, it's not a prayer. That's what I was trying to say. I need to get the tree in the forest now because, you know, you guys have made me at half past nine maghrebs, Hamilton theatres, and tree in the forest, and you've lost me now completely. 929 maghreb. 929 maghreb. The prayer can't exist if it's invalid. Correct, correct. I mean, uh, you're right. If there was a person here who was praying Isha prayer, right? And they broke their wudu in the last tashahud. <laughs> yeah? I mean, it, it, you know, being there for four rakah didn't count for anything. He might as well have broken it in the Tatbut al-Ihram. Yeah, and it's the same. The prayer is gone, prayer is gone. So, yeah, I mean, that's where my aql is saying, but I, why there's some hesitation, I don't know. So maybe I should just get rid of the hesitation. But still, Allah knows best. But go on, I mean, yeah. I think it's another point about we're discussing that if you're going to make this prayer again, it's gone, there's no doubt about that, that's the life gone at that time. But I mean, it's similar to the person who's unconscious, for example, we discussed before, like, you know, he needs to make that up or not. So same with this person as well. If if the person has lost his consciousness after Raka'ah, the question is now that if that is a valid amount, that's invalid, that's khalas. But I mean, does he have to make that up again or not? No, you know, let me just make something also very clear based on what you just said and also maybe just to stop confusion. According to Sheikh Yani, we've got different opinions. We've got three different opinions in play. That's the other problem here. According to the Hanbalis, listen carefully, if you started that prayer for one takbir, you have to make it up. And if you didn't pray, you'd have to make it up. According to Sheikh Uthaymeen, if you had time to pray one raka'ah, you'd have to make it up. And if you had started a prayer and prayed one raka'ah and it's an illegal prayer, you still have to make it up. That's according to Sheikh Uthameen. What you guys have, I have asked is ask me my opinion on that scenario. Okay? Now remember, that's where the confusion is coming in. Because I'm saying, right, that the person is allowed to not pray at that moment. And they've actually made an attempt at a prayer. 
That is not fitting so sweetly into the analogies that you guys are giving. We allowed this person to not pray, yet they have prayed. And that prayer was invalid anyway. It's not actually as simple. That's why. That's why. I knew there was some reason there, Yara. There isn't, yeah? You should be uneasy with your initial position. Go on, go on. You should be uneasy. If there's uneasy in this position, you should be uneasy in the other. In, the, in, in that, if a person has the. It's att- not uneasy with the fact that somebody starts a prayer and then it invalidates and then you say, well, maybe you should make it up, I'm not sure. Well, then I think you should be uneasy. No, position. no. Good, good, good point. And the answer is a resounding no. You know why? Because there's a difference in me saying to you, it's good if you pray at the early time, bro. But if you don't pray in the early time, then you've got another hour to pray. And then you actually say, well, you know what? I am going to pray in the early time. Now you praying in the early time, and then something happening to you, has now turned the, the tables. Yeah, and it, there's no doubt that a person's going to always recommend a person praying in the early time. That doesn't, in, in our position, that doesn't mean that if you don't pray in the early time, then you are sinful. So that's what we're holding on to, which is a very strong, sensible, clear, rational position. Here now, the problem is, though, is that you did start the prayer. Now, when you come to me and you said, I started the prayer, I'm happy, not sad, because you've done something which is good. Even though I'm saying you've got the whole hour and a half to pray, you've actually done what I want you to do, which is to pray at the beginning time. And then, and you've prayed enough of the prayer, which I consider to be a legal minimum. Even though the prayer is invalid. That's the scenario we're facing. And I think that this scenario is not, not perfectly, perfectly analogous to the other one. I think it's a case of like, like accepting the obligation of the prayer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it, yeah. Th- this is what's here. Yes, this is, the, yeah. This is what's causing me the problem. You took on the obligation, even though, as I said, you had time to do it later, but you took it on and you started it. Now, that is like my common sense is saying what, what we said before that hold on, if a person doesn't take on the obligation, they, need, they don't need to make it up. And now you're saying he takes an obligation and he's got to make it up as well, doesn't make sense. However, the difference is, is that you actually did take on an obligation. So, is, is, is this not like... <laughs> is that Sunni? Whoever's loudest wins. Mufti <laughs> <laughs> This is not like the, the, the fasting on the day of Eid. Fasting so on the person, day of Eid. A person wakes up and they haven't seen the moon. He's obligated to fast. A person wakes up, one second, a person wakes up, hasn't seen the moon the night before. Heard the news that people have seen the moon. Okay, hasn't heard the news that they're good, right? So So he fasts. He's obligated to fast. Right. He hasn't heard the news. Okay. And during the day, then he's then told the moon's been seen. Now. The moon was seen last night. Yeah. It's It's not, it's Eid today. (laughs) He breaks his fast. So he started the fast. Okay, it was obligated for him, but he didn't complete the fast. He broke it, yet he didn't have to make it up. Yeah, no, no, that's different because there is no obligation for him to continue. Correct. What, like the prayer. Once you've reached the point of unconsciousness, there's no obligation for the person to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? It was obligated to begin with when you started the prayer. Ahsent, that's exactly the correct point. No, no, no. His point, is, his point is absolutely correct. At the beginning of the day, the prayer was obligatory. 
whereas in the fast it wasn't. At the beginning of the day it was for him. No, in his opinion, but he made a mistake. He wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't know. Not even. Not, not even. Not even did he make a mistake. The, the fact of the matter is that it wasn't. He thought it was. I, I get that, but it wasn't obligatory. No, but at that moment in time, it is obligatory to that person. Yeah. There's no news. Yep. There's no. Science. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and that's what he should do. And that's the obligation. And so yep. he has to go along with what he's obligated. Which is fine. At that time, it's which is which is fine. But what? Where is the difference in in, yeah. in, in the scenario that when he does break it, actually he breaks it because he realizes that it wasn't an obligation. Because what you're saying, I think, it's not like it's not it's it's not like this scenario where in Maghrib. A person starts to pray. He's breaking because it it, the fast is not valid on that. We shouldn't fast on that. Right? So it, it, because objectively, it was a obligatory, but objectively, it wasn't. Correct. So that's the issue. <laughs> Subjectively, objectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is happening? Yeah, she just goes back burst. I'm just telling you. Yeah, she's literally going to just point me, point me in the eye. Yes. But like you know, like the brother saying there about fasting. So say a woman like starts a period mid mid fast, or something happens where someone's taken ill. Technically, the fast becomes invalidated, and they have to make it up. So, doesn't the salah rule go like that? Like, See, that's a much action, better example. No, but then I want the salah rule. That's a much better example. So, is it taken like that? You had the intention. to Why is that two different things? The fast has to be made up, whereas the prayer doesn't have to be made up. Why doesn't it have to be made up though? No, no, that's that. That is different. In that, there's a text, which is fine. But here, we're not now looking at the fast as a. Uh, here, we're not. Yeah, and your point of the prayer doesn't need to be make it made up and the fast doesn't that does mm. is not what the point she's making. The point she's making is that an obligatory act was started and they need to be made up. Because I think what Shaz was saying is like, uh, let's say you were sleeping, you wake up, you think it's still Maghrib time, you pray Maghrib, and after Maghrib you think, actually it was already Isha, what uh, Shaz was saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> what a lesson. <laughs> Excellent. I agree with you. Yeah, it was already too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I don't think it's the perfect uh, thingy. I agree. Yes. Right. <coughs> Smack it, yara. Kill it. Done. Right. Chop it, yara. So someone starts praying. Someone starts praying. And breaks their wudu. They break their wudu. Um, it's already going downhill, yara. <laughs> yeah. So after one rakat, finish. Right. So. She thinks, okay, I'm not going to pray. Why is it she? Why, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand why. I mean, did they not get enough capacity of menstruating all day? This is one time where you could use a guy and even he still made her break over. <laughs> Unbelievable. Custom, man. Such misogyny. And he thinks he's got another hour for Maghrib, say, for example. So he thinks he's got, yeah, well, he has got another hour for Maghrib. Yes. So he says, okay, I'm not going to pray now. I'm going to pray in half an hour. Take care. And in that, before the half an hour comes, she thinks. <laughs> 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 this guy's having a, a rough day, Yara. So he broke his wobble in the salah. Then, then, then he goes, sack that. I'm not even praying. That was too traumatic, Yara. I need, I need a half hour recovery. And then after the recovery, the guy faints. Goodness gracious. <laughs> He doesn't have to pray. No. Of course he has to pray. No, he doesn't. Maybe they just fainted. Yeah. yeah. And his situation is the same as the person that's not prayed. Yeah, he had half an hour before Isha started to pray. Ooh. No. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. According, according to, you, to your opinion. In my opinion. The guy doesn't have to pray again. Because even though 
he made the wudu and thought to himself, I'm going to pray a bit later. He still had time to pray even after he started again his prayer. Yeah. So but after he fainted during that prayer. No. Is that, is that what he said? What is happening? It's 4 o'clock Monday. Yeah, he's going to do, he's going to pray Maghrib. Right. He starts to pray Maghrib, after yeah. one rakah, he breaks his bubble. After one rakah, after a few minutes, he breaks his bubble. So, in, in the prayer. Whilst in the prayer, prayer, yeah. So then he thinks, I've got, still got another hour and a half. I've still got enough time. So I'm going to wait half an hour before I pray. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? That's what I said, bro. Right. That's what I said. Right. And Within the half an hour he faints and he doesn't wake up before the end of Maghrib. Is he going to pray again? According to the class position, no. Yes, and that's finished, isn't it? So that's, that's what the, the other situation is. They started praying, they started praying. But then he's become lazy. No, it's not. This whole lazy thing we've already discussed that technically, even though it is lazy, however, is he allowed to do that? Is he allowed to do that? Yeah, and he breaks his wudu and he goes, you know what, I'm waiting. Right? He's absolutely allowed to do that. Listen, yeah, and he, he is absolutely allowed to do that. He's allowed to do that. I mean, I mean, you know, let me tell you something. No, no, that's not the same. Okay, go on. But according, you're right. According to the class position, he does not need to make it up. Because, 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 huh? Even though he had one failed attempt. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he had one failed attempt. It is the exact same example. Yeah, but what, you see, the way that he's done it is that he's created the time gap to show and get our mind out of the befuddle that we had created. He's, he, he did it the right way. He did it the, he did it the right way. But, 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 yes, yeah, correct. Our, yeah, our doubt is still there because I still haven't answered myself. Is there a difference for a person who takes on an obligation and started it? So what you did is just made it a lot easier to understand, but it's actually the exact same, same yeah, same problem. Mm. I do like, I do, I definitely like what you did to it though, because it made it clearer. My thinking is that when he's fainted, he was the same as having not prayed. Yeah. Well, he still technically yes. one yes. so not prayed. That's what the mind says. The heart says. <laughs> <laughs> The Sufis are gone to me, Yara. The Sufis are gone to me, man. Are you busy? Well, I've been warned. You're becoming Sufi. They've got to me, man. I'm sorry. Bye. Halas. We could be just debating this yani, until God knows when. Go on. Jeeb, smack it out the park, bro. I don't think Osman's example is the same. Oh. <laughs> this is the problem, man. Me, <laughs> <laughs> this is your Amir. This is mutiny in the ranks. I'm just saying, because his first um, uh, prayer breaking was wudu. Yeah. Whereas the example we were talking about is menstruation. That's also true. <laughs> That's fine, but then it's still taking away the... the <laughs> it's, 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 it's a requirement. It's a requirement, yeah. It's the same as the requirement of being good. But that, that's a temporary one, that's a permanent one, guys. Does Bruce have a giveaway out? I'm trying to help, you? My goodness, what a mas'ala, man. What a mas'ala. And you know what it is? It's purely a headache of our own making. 
If you stick, it's a fun question. No, but it's true though. If you stick to the humblies, it doesn't even come into it. If you stick to Sheikh Uthameen and the majority, it doesn't come into it. But when you start fluffing around and start being a bit clever, this is the kind of problem you cause. You know what I'm saying? That's why we should all become Hanfi. Stick local masjid. Take it, Zakmullah Khair. Subhanakallah, we have the Kashadullah, Ilahan, and we start for the Kalahamu. That's good stuff.